0: You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. It is good to be back with you, David, and just to be able to do another one of these weekly devotionals. I mean, isn't technology just great?
1: It's amazing. We're
0: able to do this and not even be in the same room. Yeah. And today's, today's conversation is actually going to be around the passage that you preached on on Sunday from Mark chapter 14. And on Sunday, as you were, as you were preaching, and uh, we looked at Peter's denial, which was a really tough part of his life. He, he said that he would not deny Jesus, while Jesus said that he will deny him three times. And for Peter to tell a story that wasn't necessarily a a, a, a good thing uh, for him to share his story must have been difficult to be to be honest and to be humble about sharing his story. Can you talk about Peter's humble and honest conversation for a moment, and perhaps how that could lead to a gospel conversation?
1: Yeah, when I was. When I was looking at um, the passage and preparing for uh, for the recording, it it struck me because uh, we I think we easily refer to it as Peter's denial without thinking that it was actually Peter's denial. Um, That that is a that is a massive confession on Peter's part and the fact that he was um, behind behind Mark behind Mark's writing was was Peter speaking um Peter's story really. And so Peter included this. um, And just for that to be shared publicly, uh, and so that I, I began to think, well, you know, would would I want some of the difficult details of my life uh to be revealed? And and when we think about it for Peter as well, he like he's he was he was bold before Jesus. I mean he basically resisted the suffering of Jesus all the way through the book of Mark and uh he says jesus like everybody else um but not me everybody else but not me and, and I'll, I'll even die I'll, I'll go i'll go so far as to say i'll die uh i mean what a time for peter and then and then that is that shared publicly and so with all of that um i i began to i began to wonder you know how many people would just love to be as honest as peter You know, in their relationships, or just honest before God, and then, uh, I mean, honesty and humility really work together. It's hard to have one without the other. So, if you're honest without humility, that's a brutal conversation. And if you're humble without honesty, then um, you're you're, you don't really share everything that needs to be shared. Um, So, honesty and humility work together. And I wonder how many people would just benefit from Peter's story just to grow in humility. Um, so, how do we grow in honesty, and how do we grow in humility? So, I, I think that's what um, Peter had. A, Peter had a very honest, truth-filled conversation. Uh, he included details that we 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 would want to leave out, but because he uh, was honest, um, it, it was it, it would then be a very personal conversation, um, and it would be a very fruitful conversation. Like all the way back in Genesis three, we know we are quick to hide, even in our conversations, and so Peter Peter didn't hide, and um, I think he led by example there. And then I think the other thing too is he was, as we mentioned, he was just humble, um, and humble means that he was he was very grace filled. Uh, I um, I remember uh, someone saying along the lines like it how much grace it takes to to know grace. In other words, we, we can really battle humility. Um, so that he knew that he couldn't stand in his own strength. He knew that he learned that he needed the strength of Jesus. He couldn't follow Jesus alone. Uh, he knew he was bent towards boasting and Jesus in a profound way would take that. And he would say, there's, there's no more boasting. It's, it's out of the picture.
0: Yeah. And, uh, just just thinking about this whole like concept of a gospel conversation, how does all of this help lead us to a gospel conversation? Maybe even define for us what you would think of as a gospel conversation.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many of us think about that, that when we're having honest and humble conversations, we're actually having uh, gospel conversations. The gospel, as we know, is far more than just the forgiveness of sins and we're going to glory. uh, But the gospel impacts every area of our life. I think a a good example of a gospel conversation and probably even a a, a gauge as to how well we do or how well we understand a gospel conversation is prayer. Uh, Prayer is a place where we can, uh, where we humble ourselves before God. Uh, we just know that we're weak. Uh, we know that he knows everything. We know that there is no place for boasting. Um, but uh, I think of the, the prayer of the Pharisee and the tax collector, that prayer, I mean, we like to look at the tax collector and say, okay, you know that, that would be me as I pray. But I think the Pharisee is there because we, uh, because God knows that a lot of that is in our hearts. Um, We can spend a lot of time looking around at others and saying at least we're not that and then coming before God and saying, like, we're all this and more. Um, And so I think the humble conversation, uh, like, do we really have humble conversations with God? Uh, Do we spend time listening to his word um, in conversation with God by his spirit? Because if we don't have a humble heart, a proud heart is really a closed heart. Um, a proud heart is is a heart that's not ready to say, okay, God, you know, like Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but but your will be done. Um, so, a gospel conversation with God is is a humble conversation, and a humble conversation allows us to have a have an honest conversation. Um, if we don't have a humble heart and we have a closed heart, it's going to be very difficult to have a very honest conversation with God. Um, in other words, to 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 experience our weakness and this this profound sense of the gospel that our sins are forgiven. Um, we are loved. We are cared for by God. And we can say anything because God already knows, but, but it's the great pretend. We don't, we don't always uh, acknowledge that, even though that, you know, deep down we know that he knows. Um, and, and just to say, God, this is who I am, and I'm not proud of it. And it, it, it actually hurts to say this before, you know, my Father in heaven and a holy God, Um, but we're able to say that because because of the gospel, Um, because when we come, we come in the name of Jesus. So the cross becomes a very honest conversation. In fact, uh, we're going through, this coming Sunday morning, we'll look at Mark chapter 15 and Jesus suffering, and then uh, the following week, Lord willing, Jesus uh, suffering before before God. Um, And uh, what we see is the cross is actually a very honest conversation. Uh, Jesus... When Jesus goes to the cross, we know that He knows everything about us. He He died for past, present, and future sins. Uh, so the cross is actually a very honest conversation. When Jesus said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" He's saying, "This is what we deserve. We deserve um, the wrath of God, but I will I will take that for, from you." So, uh, so in, so so that so that becomes a good gauge. Um, our prayer life of how we talk with God, and the amazing thing is how we talk with God. We can begin to talk with one another. Uh, we can have those honest conversations that then lead uh, because because we've been humbled. Uh, we know that we need the gospel. We know that we need grace, and then that ultimately leads us to uh, the verse seventy-two, like we saw Sunday morning, and that is just before God. Uh, we're, we become broken and. We become broken before one another. So I'm having a, um, you know, an argument with someone or you know, we get mad at, at someone and we say, well, what does a gospel conversation look like? Well, we know if we're mad or angry or it's, it's escalating, um, or if I really want my way, kind of a James 4 kind of moment, I'll kill, I'll covet for, for just in order to, you know, to satisfy the desires of my heart. Uh, uh, an honest heart. And a humble heart are, is very difficult. Those are going to be two great heart challenges. Um, but if, if I know I'm going to struggle with honesty and if I know I'm going to struggle with humility, then I'm praying to the Lord, Lord, give me honesty and give me humility. Um, and then that can lead to the verse 72 conversation, which is, you know, Peter remembered what Jesus had spoken. Uh, that's that's a profound moment. Like he he was convicted by God at that moment, and I think we have moments like that in our life where, you know, we just begin to see the pride in our heart, or we begin to see the lack of honesty. Like we're hiding all sorts of things in our life, and that's that makes all that that spills into all sorts of relational issues. Um, but then all of a sudden, God convicts us of what He's spoken, and then um, the second part was he Peter remembered his sin in verse seventy-two. Uh, so. Before God's word, by his spirit, we begin to remember our sin and we're broken. And so a humble, honest conversation leads to verse 72, which is to say to someone, you know what, I was proud um, and I wasn't very honest with you. This is what I did. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I am convicted of that and I confess that before you um, and I'm broken because of it. And that leads us to Mark 15, which is we need to see the cross and what Christ has done. And then we need to Mark 16, and we need the resurrection to know that he he knows our name.
0: Yeah, like when I think of that verse 72 in chapter 14, it's like it's such a grace-filled moment um, for Peter in that moment. Of him coming to the realization of his sin and, you know. um, That's good. uh, Yeah. So good. Um, and, and, and I think about how hard that is in my own life. Uh, those moments, they're so, they're so hard, but they are so full of God's grace that God in his mercy and his grace would reveal, um, to us, uh, his holiness in that moment and our sinfulness. Um, so wonderful. Just, just, just spectacular.
1: Yeah. We resist those conversations. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why I think a lot of our lives, and, and we'll talk about this, I think, a bit later, but it's why we, we can live in such a shallow, we can live such shallow existence and shallow relationships because we're so afraid to be honest or we're so afraid to be humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and humility and honesty is really a faith moment. Like we are trusting God that we're going to have this really uncomfortable conversation leading to an honest confession, bringing us to a gospel moment. And that, that, that it's that gospel moment when we become broken before one another and say, "I'm not all that and more," or "I really need your voice in my life," or "I am this." Like I understand at a level the gravity of my sin, and I, I mean, I would wander so much more except by God's grace. But God is taking um, those deep heart moments and, and transforming relationships. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a really grace filled moment.
0: Now I I know this isn't in our notes, but. Um, but the conversation is just leading there. Uh, How would you see this playing out like in marriage, like between a husband and a wife?
1: Yeah, and and really any relationship. I mean, you could talk about a marriage. You could talk about friendship. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many broken friendships are there? Uh, You could um, just, you Mm -hmm. know, those who are single and and just enjoy um, uh, relationships on, on a variety of levels, but never feel like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's gone deeper than just casual or they can't really be honest with a person. Uh, you could think about this Mm -hmm. in terms of, um, even, uh, parents and children. Uh, we, we can, we can do a lot of moralizing. I don't know if I said this on Sunday or on the recording, but we can, we can tell our children to be like, just be good. Like just don't embarrass us. And, but, but what we're asking them to do at the end of the day is we're, we're, we're calling them to be more than they can. They, they, they cannot just be good, um, they cannot mm-hmm. obey. And that's why it becomes a gospel conversation to say, you know, we're just gonna have a very honest conversation about this, this is what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also going to understand that, you know, we need to humble ourselves before God and say, we're not gonna be good at this. And so we need to have a gospel conversation um, that, that Jesus not only died for our sins, but Jesus died to, to take the power of sin away. And in mm-hmm. our weakness, we can live For we can live in His strength, and and this is what it looks like. So next time, you know, I ask you to do this, uh, knowing that you can't do this very well. um, You can trust Jesus will give you the strength to do things that you find very difficult. And then, you know, this could be a a church, um, just honest conversations in a church. Uh, But in marriage specifically, um, one a few things I find is people just don't talk a lot. After a little while, they just stop talking about their relationship and stop saying, like, I need to check in with you. How, how are we doing? Um, because, because sometimes you, you can have a, a good relationship without being a, having a very honest relationship. Or, um, you know, just talking about humility and, and just saying, you know, like, do you, do you see me as humble in this relationship? Or do I always have to have my own way? Or are you afraid of anything? Um, whatever it might be. But what that does is it allows, like, honest conversations um, would just be an incredibly freeing moment for couples um, to say this is, yeah. and, and, and so bricks aren't being built up over the years, um, but things are being dealt with um, as time goes by. And, and it, it'll, lead to, it'll lead to a greater understanding of the gospel um, mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, being gracious with one another, so and, and then on the other side, and i'll I'll end with this, but on the other side, um, mm. some people don't allow for honest conversations. They don't actually allow their spouse to be very honest um, because you know, like they would never do that. Um, they would never <laughs> be that person. But uh, an honest conversation allows honesty f- for others to speak into our lives or to share their life and to be received with humility because humility is basically saying, we're in this together, we're both sinners. We're, we're both struggling mm-hmm. um, through, you know, this long-term sanctification uh, process that, that the Lord is really digging in deep um, into our lives. So uh, there's there's huge benefits mm-hmm. to all types of relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Uh, you uh, You talked about having strength in Jesus. Uh, that can almost seem like a cliche or something that you wear on a bracelet uh, around your wrist, <laughs> uh, a little abstract. Uh, what does it mean to actually find our strength in Christ?
1: Yeah, you got to love religious cliches. Like just find your strength in Christ or be weak. Well, uh, like I, I understand my weakness, but what does it mean to find strength in Christ? And I actually think Peter is an amazing example of this. Uh, we didn't look at this in the video on the, on the message, <laughs> but uh, in John, uh, Jesus, in John 21, Jesus restores Peter. And it's interesting in John 21, this is what Jesus does. Um, he, John 21, uh, I'll just look it up, but Jesus asked him three questions because he, de- he denied him three times. But, uh, the, and the question that Jesus asked him was, Uh, Simon son of John do you love me more than these yes Lord you know that I love you feed my lambs and then a second time Simon son of John do you love me yes Lord you know that I love you shepherd my sheep and then in verse 17 Simon son of John do you love me Peter was grieved that he asked him a third time do you love me he said Lord you know everything you know that I love you feed my sheep Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you walked, and, and he kept on. Uh, that that dialogue is fascinating because Jesus restored Peter by asking if he loved him. But every time Peter said, feed my sheep, Peter was quiet. He didn't say anything. It You know, like the boasting was gone. It wasn't like, you bet, Jesus, I, I got this. Like, I, I know I denied you, but I think I learned a really good lesson. So I'm going to be strong, and you want me to go and... Feed my sheep or feed your sheep, I'll go and do that. And Peter never said how well he would do feeding the sheep. But what Peter did know was that he loved Jesus. And I think that's that's what it is to live in the strength of Jesus. Um, it's to know that um, even our love for Christ is weak um, or can be weak, but we do love him and it's out of our love for him, that he will give us what we need in order to, to live for him. Uh, so so practically, what that means is, um, you know, we talk about that difficult marriage conversation. You're saying, God, I, I don't even want to be honest about this. I am so ashamed. I, I am so filled with guilt. I feel like Peter, and I've just denied you, and I've denied my wife, or if it's a friendship, I've denied my, you know, friend this. and I, every Everything about this is shame, um, and then it's you know it's it's kind of like Jesus says to Peter, um, "Do you love me?" And Peter says, "You know I love you." And then he says, "Feed my sheep." So we know that we're loved. We know that we love him. so we, we do what we're called to do at that time. Um, we, we feed God's sheep by having an honest, humble conversation. Uh, so it comes out of relationship.
0: Let's talk about something maybe just slightly different. Uh, Judas seemed to be sorry for his sin as well. Matthew 27, three to four, uh, we are told that uh, he even said that he has sinned by betraying innocent blood. But then he went out and he hung himself. A very, very sad story. Uh, what was the difference between Peter's confession and that of Judas?
1: Yeah, outwardly, right? They
0: they looked the same
1: in, in some ways. Uh, you know what a dramatic moment like Judas throwing down the thirty pieces of silver. I mean, that that appeared to be his idol, and he was willing to, to get rid of it. Um, and Peter, you know, like broken, just grieved, uh, you know, grieving to the point of brokenness. So outwardly, uh, they they looked um, they looked similar. Uh, this is this is how I would try to describe it. And then just for a few moments, we'll look at a passage in 2 Corinthians 7, which I, I think is really helpful. Um, but again, a lot could be said about this, but I'll, I'll try to be concise. Um, Peter's conversation went from confession to repentance to faith to change. So conversation, he confessed, he repented, and then he moved to faith. And I'm not sure if um, we remember this, but... Sometimes on Sunday mornings, when we're able to meet together, uh, we're we are hammering home that uh, conversion is two sides to one coin. So on one side, you have faith, on the other side, you have repentance. And it's, they, they can't be separated. So if you, when, you, when, you conf, when you confess um, or when you repent, you're putting your faith in Jesus. When you're putting your faith in Jesus, you're, you're repenting, which leads to change. So Peter's conversation went from confession to repentance. And then to faith, which led to change. Um, Judah's confession went from converse, or uh, conversation went to sorrow or confession, but not to repentance or faith or change. Um, so so and, and then so this is where I think 2 Corinthians 7 helps us out. 2 Corinthians 7, um, what the 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 context is uh, they began to turn away from Paul's teaching. Um, they were rejecting his apostleship. They were rejecting his, his teaching. and They were turning to false teachers. So Paul wrote them a letter and said, you know, you need to repent of this. And this is what we read in verse 9. I now rejoice, not because you were grieved. So the letter he wrote, they were grieved. But because your grief led to repentance. For you were grieved as God willed. So that you didn't experience any loss from us, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. So there can be worldly grief where we're just genuinely sorry. Judas said, "You know, he was an innocent man." Um, there, I think there there could be genuine sorrow there, but what we read about godly grief. Um, is in verse 10 produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret Uh, it's very interesting how that's written Um, so he says repentance that leads to salvation Uh, it's not that that becomes the moment of salvation but that's the moment where you know the gospel benefits or the gospel relationship with God is realized I can come back to God because um, even though I have sinned like this. So a repentance is turning to God and beginning to understand and and, um, and hold on to the promises that we have in salvation. Um, God forgives my sin. Um, God covers my shame. He's my shelter. He's my protector. Uh, he receives me <laughs> because he has reconciled me to God and I, ha- I can draw near to God during times like this so that we experience the the blessings of salvation without regret Um, in other words that that I think for me that's the that's the healing that begins to take place Mm -hmm. and that's why I said in the video recording so much of our life is lived in verse 72 like we just we cannot get past the brokenness or the guilt or the shame and uh, what happens is um, Paul comes and says it leads to to salvation without regret. Um, God begins mm-hmm. to heal the shame, and then God, and this doesn't happen easily, but God can begin to heal the shame and the guilt in relationships. Um, so, so that so that that's all taken care of over over a long period of time. Maybe never completely healed, um, but steps of, of healing taking place. And then just one final thing in, in verse eleven. I think this is this. It, he uses seven words that explain repentance or, or the benefit or what repentance looks like so for consider consider uh, for consider how much diligence this very thing this grieving as God wills has produced in you what a desire to clear yourself what indignation what fear what deep longing what zeal what justice um, those seven things like we become eager to do what god um, calls us to do uh we get tired of the injustice um so so we want justice done so what justice like what what can i do to to help heal this relationship if i've stolen someone um how can i give back how can how can justice be done um what indignation like man i that's me that was me who did that um i'm just so grieved there's indignation there uh um, and, and, and so uh, like what fear I begin to fear God again and say, God, that I, I can't live in that place. Um, so, so that becomes godly repentance. So for Judas, it was, you know, it was, um, sorrow. I mean, he just, I, he genuinely regretted what, what he did. Um, but it, it, he never went back to Jesus. He never went back to the salvation, um, He never repented in the sense of turning back to God, which then, because repentance and faith go together, trusting that God will forgive him um, Mm -hmm. through Christ and will bring change in his life.
0: These conversations and talking about these things are just so vitally important. Um, And when we think about uh, just contextualizing it for today and what we're going through today, how does this, um, this whole concept of having a gospel conversation impact what we're going through even today, like as a, as a culture, as a society?
1: Yeah. I, I love this conversation right now um, for two reasons. First of all, I, I think uh, in all the social isolation, I actually see a lot of community happening. With people, whether single or married families, whatever it might be, um, and so uh, spending this much time with one another, I, I think it, it, you know, to be able to say, okay, we're just we're going to have honest and, and humble conversations, and hmm. um, use some of this time uh, to to maybe repair or to you know to examine our hearts and say and examine relationships and say, you know, how how are we doing? um and and that leads to the second thing i think when we're going through a um, a very difficult time obviously with covid19 and you know isolation and and all of this uh, when we go through moments like this personally or as a culture this is exactly when we need honest humble conversations in many ways, the more difficult times we go through, the more this becomes relevant. It's not what we think we need, um, but maybe this is an area that the Lord is working on in our sanctification process to say, I've just, you know, I, maybe I've lived a fairly shallow life, and, or maybe we have a fairly shallow relationship, or do I really have anyone that I, I have a, a, a go- I can have gospel conversations with and say, like Peter, like this is me, You might not like me after this conversation, but but this is really what I'm going through. And and I just really love to discuss the gospel with you. So I think we're in a time when we just really need to be honest and we just really need to be humble um, before God and before others. And what that does is that leads to loving God and loving others well. And if there's one thing we want to do during these times, it's love God well uh, because we have been loved well. And then it's to love others well, um, because uh, because people are hurting, people are worried, um, people are are saying like, uh, I, I I just uh, like, I don't I don't know where all this is going to go. Is it all going to come crashing down? And, and how do we how do we love people well, um, with with honesty and with humility, and with the gospel?
0: Well, thank you very much, David. And thank you for putting the time into today that you did. For those who are listening, we're going to continue these devotionals as we hope that these are an encouragement to you and a help to you as we seek to find rest in our relationship in Christ. And as we live out our rest in Christ through gospel conversations with others, conversations that are honest and that are humble.